You are now listening to LFL Talk with Adri and Marcus. Hello and welcome to the week eight episode of LFL Talk. I'm your host, Adri Mallows. Joining me again this week is Marcus Henson. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm good. I'm very, very good. You know what? If I ever get my own country, that's going to be my national anthem. Oh, really? Just the whole of the Chesney Hawks song? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Fair play. Well, I think even if you ever have reason to have an entrance to anything, some kind of sporting venue, when when you come out for the Marge on Lions, I reckon maybe that should be your tune. There you go. It is set. Also joining us on the show this week, we have one of my favourite players from the LFL, also an all-star receiver for the Seattle Mist, and that is Jessica Hopkins. So another guest I'm very much looking forward to getting on the show. Now we're going to move on to some news. Here is the news. The main news this week is around injury updates, so not good news at all, really. First one is that Ashley Solano is injured and will be out for a month or two from the reports we've received, which meant that she would, of course, miss the game from Saturday night against Seattle, the rematch. A big loss for Los Angeles there, Marcus. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's crucial when you think about how she's anchored that ship so long. And when you look at the great shape she's in this year, I may have mentioned it before in the shape I don't know that I've ever seen her in such physical shape as she is this year so such a shame for her to be hit with injury as well absolutely she was looking lean and mean and it, like you said it just seemed to come out of nowhere and also another injury out of nowhere is that to Charlotte Abrahamson the tight end for Las Vegas Sin who we think we may have now seen where she got injured in the first game but it looked just like a slight knock during the game but it turns out she has potentially blown her ACL and her MCL in her knee we'll be getting a second opinion on that as they mentioned on Commissioner's Corner last week but that after her performance against Los Angeles is a monster loss maybe even bigger than that of Solano to Los Angeles uh, For this Sin organisation she she definitely became a linchpin in that game and as we say we, it seems so um, incidental really as it occurred apart from a, a slight wince we noticed she seems to be fine but yeah it could be absolutely harrowing Yeah she's uh, confirmed as being uh, out for the season from the looks of things so as we say a major loss for Las Vegas we shall leave that there for the news as that's all we have this week Hi this is Tony from Delicious in Hemel if you like a bit of banter with your sandwiches then come on down to us we do baguettes ciabattas paninis we can even discuss the LFL with you so why don't you come and give us a try and if you want some more details of our menu see the links on the Legends Lounge page we come on now to the game review from Saturday night between Los Angeles versus Seattle at the Coliseum in Los Angeles. The rematch from last Friday night and last Friday night was anything to go by. This is a, a rematch I was most eagerly awaiting. How about yourself? Oh, yes. Saturday night lights. It was uh, it was prime time. It was ready to go. It was going to be fierce, fiery. I even said that at one point I thought after last week's very fiery performance, I could have easily seen this going volcanic. Yeah, and it's such a great arena as well, isn't it? You know, I love seeing the LFL games outside because it gives the players so much more freedom. You can see harder hits and they can tackle properly and tackle people out of bounds and just seems to be a great atmosphere in general and and football should ultimately be played outside for me. But still, a couple of things before 
before we start. I noticed a subtle change at cornerback for Seattle on their Los Angeles first drive, and that was that LaShonda Fowler came in in place of Hansen this week. Yeah, a lot said about that in Commissioner's Corner, as well as the wild clip we saw. Hansen just did not have a great time trying to get to grips with the uh, agility and the dynamic of playing corner, much more suited to the aggressive um, trench fighting where she, she plays as a great center. So therefore flipping her over to maybe D-line was maybe her better suited for her. But as you say, it was a big change, one that definitely needed. Los Angeles had the first drive of the game. And as we mentioned earlier in the news there, Solano was out. So it was time for Michelle Angel to step up at quarterback as well and lead the team. Uh, we know she's been getting the reps in in preseason. She's had quite a lot of experience in training it, but nothing quite readies you for those bright lights on a Saturday night when everyone's watching. Very big shoes to fill. And actually, that first drive brings back to a thing you mentioned earlier about being outside and on real grass. And, and you know, it played in its part in that first drive because we saw Lee Grantston slip on occasion, which allowed a big 14-yard pass from uh, Michelle to be completed to keep those drive that drive moving that the, the chains moving along I was really impressed with her mechanism footwork and her vision downfield when she was in the pocket protected rates uh, offensive line work she looked comfortable I mean it's difficult to say you know that is Solano's position and you don't want to just say to fill in the wrong B Solano you want to be your own person your own player you know you're going to bring your own traits to the table and I actually felt that she did a great job even in that first drive cementing who she was and how she was going to I totally agree and I think the difference perhaps that I would pick out from the game something I would see that she did differently to Solano when Solano looks down the field and sees nothing so open she's more likely to take off and run with it whereas Angel seemed to go through her progressions and then she found quite a lot of success using a check down to their tight end who despite all the shouting from the the sideline watch the tight end watch the release watch the release and the tight end always managed to find themselves open particularly on that first drive and we'll come back to it later in the night because they seem to find themselves open most of the night absolutely it's going to be a big factor of this game and we'll talk about more of it but absolutely it played critical because like you said that middle of that field was just far too soft like I said okay maybe that during this first drive bit unlucky Lee Granston who was defending the centre she slips allows the big play and then ultimately that leads on to allow Michelle Angel to come in you know you, you say that you know she didn't quite sort of she went through progressions but when she when she took tucked it and run she can run she is a fierce competitor running and it shows for the first score yeah that's right yeah she did get the the first score on the ground as well we come on to Seattle now and Seattle's first drive they did what we said from last week that brought them success and that is give the ball to Stevie Schnorr because as great and as tall and as athletic as that Los Angeles front defensive line are they don't seem to quite be as physical now this may just be me reading too much into it but Schnorr's having a lot of success on the ground whether it be up the gut uh, or around the outside trying to get away from Mogax as well. Either way, they had a lot of success on the ground again. Absolutely. It showed over 100 yards on the ground. And you know what? That's not easy because that's a good... LA defense but you know what it went back to it power running game they've got a great offensive line use it I mean the likes where they were pushing out the LA defensive line much more of a power game here control forcing the blocks and allowing Schnorr so even the smallest gap for Schnorr she would just hit it boom she goes and she's like turns what should be normally a sort of four or five yards gain for a normal back she's just absolutely churning up the ground she's getting seven eight and a bigger yardage and that was really the, the game for me the way that Seattle sort of just controlled 
that trench and she allowed Snor to run where they wanted her to run to use the best to sort of put her in positions where she's taking on maybe the corners and the safeties rather than say having to attack just down the center and the bigger sort of linebackers like the Mogax who who I would put her toe to toe with yeah and just coming back onto that first Seattle drive there was a moment where it looked like Seattle were, were faltering and coming under pressure because they started to go backwards a little bit but they capped the drive with a nice pass from Matheny to Hopkins for the touchdown and Hopkins showing strong hands under pressure from Chichindu as well to make that grab in the end zone yeah that was great coverage you can't blame that that's just a perfectly placed ball KK putting it on the money you know what Hopkins she's pulling that in every day oh yeah and, and thinking of Hopkins on Los Angeles's next drive she came up with that monster interception as well and again we'll get a chance to discuss the game with her later but I just thought great reading of the play because it wasn't necessarily Angel's fault for the throw she made or the choice she made with the throw because the receiver was open I think it was just a great read from the safety and Hopkins jumping the route absolutely yeah and there was that brief window but also the thing I noticed why were the two LA receivers almost covering the same area makes it very easy for a a safety especially a good safety like Hopkins to zone in see two targets she knows where the ball's going and she knows where she's got to be boom that's it interception easy and thinking of boom you know who I'm going to come on to now not Danica Braze like you may be thinking but Lily Granston the other safety I thought another great game and she was a tackling machine once again this week and I don't know that I've seen her miss a tackle maybe maybe one in two games possibly but she hits so hard she wraps up and people want to talk about great players of the future and and I think for me Lily Granston is maybe one of those underrated or underappreciated shall we say safeties that's going to be uh, a potential Hall of Famer no I really like it and again only real time like you say she missed tackles she had about two occasions or three occasions where she slipped girl needs some new cleats but really for me the I love her aggressive her fireiness the one thing I'd like to see her maybe just tone down a little bit is the extracurricular stuff I love what she does during that play but once the whistle's blown chill good hit good play there just relax you don't have to hit the person when they're down you know relax it's okay however the Jessica uh, Hopkins interception that led nicely to Seattle sort of taking the initiative and uh, that five yard touchdown pass from KK Muffini to LaShonda Faller brilliant bit of play action KK had all day to pass that ball it worked perfectly and on that drive as well actually there was some big fourth downs that Seattle converted mainly through the outside halfback toss to Stevie Schnorr which you know comes back to what we were saying earlier about how great Schnorr was and effective she was at running the ball against Los Angeles who whilst they're a talented team maybe need to work on their, their size and their physicality up at the line of scrimmage not only that it's just the power of football by Seattle and Schnorr it set up that play action so nicely defense is sucked in it's thinking run it's thinking we want to stop the run and then boom KK just slips the play action in she turns around composed she can see where she wants to go and she just gives a perfectly lofted pass finish on the valor to pretty much take an easy touchdown and it was the same recipe really rather than sort of breaking down all the scores we're just going to kind of summarize now for our listeners otherwise we could probably talk about this game for quite a long time but a lot of the scores and drives seem to be predominantly the same thing we mentioned the Stevie Snore but for Los Angeles it's checked down to the tight end there was a lovely touchdown to Danielle Harvey so it was just that short check down about 10-15 yards away from Seattle's end zone and then she just ran in she just unmarked clear through into the end zone and it was punch for punch wasn't it really it was like two great heavyweight boxers going jab for jab until pretty much till the, the final play all it came down to was those extra points that LA didn't manage to convert yeah I mean like you say it was that sort of punch for punch I mean 14-14 at half time 
Second half was pretty much the same sort of idea. The fact is, LA at the middle of that sort of zone defense for Seattle looked very soft. Far too many easy passes for Michelle Angel, who, let's face it, starting her first game as quarterback made it a lot easier for her to sort of get into the game when you give those nice little... I mean, it was the same idea every single time. I mean, you mentioned it at the beginning of the, the podcast. Even the coaches, you could hear them screaming, watch out the release, because all the tight ends were doing, taking that first hit, releasing, catching in the middle of the field where it was easy pick. And then again, turning around the other side, it was rinse and repeat for Seattle. Power football with Schnorr. And you know what? That slowly started to set up the play action and stuff. So therefore, you started to see a little bit more of KK sort of moving outside the pocket and being able to, to find Broom Render on some great catches, especially one um, late on tiptoes over to the sideline. Yeah, the one that got reviewed that was, wasn't it? Because I remember watching that play and I was actually just going to come on to finish off with her two big catches at the end. This one um, that we're talking about now, she caught it done the twinkle toes to make sure she kept both feet in bounds went out of bounds and then dropped the ball after she went out of bounds and all I can think back to is that incident with Des Bryant last year thinking well you kind of have to secure it all the way through but after review they were like no she caught it both feet in bounds then stepped out of bounds after that you know she could drop the ball she could do whatever she wants it's kind of not really an issue so that big play then set up the 10 yard touchdown pass from Matheny who on the night threw for three touchdowns yeah and that was all set because of course KK Matheny she moved out of the pocket that's where her strength lies she had Brim Renders just sitting there in the end zone all by herself so that was really the strength there I mean the run set it up and then the pass just sort of like it's that final sort of dagger through the heart unfortunately of LA although bless them they did come back with a great pass of their own I've got to mention this one because this is like the second time she's done it now and that's Monica Ger- uh, Jeremillo that number two for LA wow she's got some wheels in her because she can just cruise from naught to 60 up that field so quick massive pass from Michelle Angel 33 yards for a nice touchdown to make it so exciting at the end yeah definitely and, th- and this is the point I wanted to finish off on actually while we round up the, the coverage under five minutes Los Angeles have the chance to opt for the onside kick they opt for the onside kick but chose field position instead by getting their Gaxiola to essentially kick it as good as out of bounds right near the five yard line you know what in my opinion you're looking at this and you're sitting there okay, okay that two point conversion I mean I'm not a big fan of the two point conversion they were doing it all night and they just really weren't successful with only it. because they they dropped the first extra point though so that's why they went for two and then they missed the next one so then they had to go for two again yeah slippery slope but for me I mean I've got to think that maybe Carmen Borsot has to grab that two pointer and that puts them a point ahead but at the same time yes you're right you're given a chance to take onside um, kick you know that let's face it if you don't get this ball back then you Seattle have the opportunity you know they've got Schnorr so they're probably going to be able to run the ball on you so you give it to them on your own 15 through not getting the onside kick isn't going to make any difference but give your guys a chance someone can make a play some magic can happen you've got to try and seize the moment and for me it was just kind of like when I saw the big kick deep I understood but I just no part of me just sat there and went no 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 what are you doing and I'm sure you guys when you guys get to see it at home you'll think exactly the same thing because I mean this was edge of seat stuff the entire game I'd have to say this has been the best game of the year so far The world's fastest-growing sport arrives to YouTube. Legends Football League. Break their confidence. Keep breaking their confidence. They've got nothing. They want to brawl. They don't want to play football. Intensity. Beauty. Subscribe to this channel and gain access into locker rooms. Inside the huddle. Every other time they run at the outside, they're getting it. Get to know your favorite players. The one thing I want to do is just... 
make everyone happy. Give 100%. And full-length games in high definition. Subscribe and never miss out on LFL Action. This is Lauren Ziegler with the Atlanta Steam, and you're listening to the LFL Talk with Adrian Marcus. I just want to be given the chance. You were the pioneers that built women's football. The opportunity to succeed. Or even to fail. You are the league of their own. You ain't got no chance to redeem yourself. This is it. The LFL. On Fuse, Saturdays, starting April 18th. It's now time for our special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming one of my favourite players and also one of the all-star players from the LFL, wide receiver and safety for the Seattle Mist, Jessica Hopkins. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It is our absolute pleasure. We always like to get the the stars on the show, especially ones of your calibre. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Now, before we start, please can I ask you to explain to our listeners who or what inspired inspired you to start playing in the LFL? Uh, Actually, Lindsay Blaine. She played for the Seattle Mist in 2009, very first season. She's actually a co-worker of mine and still is. We're both personal trainers here in uh, the east side of Seattle. And I had just seen on Facebook her profile picture. She had, you know, eye black and a bandana. And I was going, you know, what? What is she doing? So I just kind of was looking through her page and I had heard about the Lingerie Football League, but I thought it was just kind of, you know, like everyone else does at first, thought it was kind of a gimmick, thought it was just a, you know, kind of stunt thing. And and I know Lindsay and she's a legit athlete. She was a national champion in javelin at Purdue. I played basketball and volleyball with her. So I was like, okay, if Lindsay's doing this, this has got to be like a legit sport, you know, minus the outfit and whatever's going on with that. But I was intrigued and I shot her an email and just asked her what it was all about. And she invited me out to practice because they had had some injuries and needed some girls for practice. And I went out and literally have been hooked since. And I think it's good that you you mentioned about the uniform there, because I think there's a lot more to the league that people don't quite know. And one of the things is the, the work that you also do in the community. And I believe you won the Mortaza Award in 2011 for your work in the community and, and with the team. That is correct. Yeah, I believe it's for on-field and off-field leadership. So just as far as, you know, my captain roles and helping get girls together, get rookies together, get them up to speed and help uh, coach Chris, just because, you know, we're all busy, we all have jobs and families and so I just tried to do everything I could to help you know where he didn't have the time to I would just help get girls up to speed that way when we got to practice you know we didn't have to go back and cover things that you know take away time from practice things that girls should already know so I think just that sort of thing you know is probably what I was recognized for I've gotten more involved with the community as we've gotten you know more popular Um, we've been able to help with the Richard Sherman softball game and some big name things like that that are go towards their charity so that's been a lot of fun the last couple of years. Being a, a veteran player, so this is your fifth year. What keeps you coming back year after year to keep playing? And, and sorry, how have you seen the league develop? Well, it's definitely changed a lot. Um, you know, I came on towards the end of the first season, you know, and they had a pretty good athletic team here in Seattle. Um, I got to practice with them for quite a few months. Uh, didn't get the opportunity to play in that last game of their season, but got an idea of, you know, how physical it was and, you know, what 
what kind of athletes were turning out for this. And it just seems like every year it's just gotten better and better. And, you know, the more that we see the same girls coming back every year, those girls just keep getting better and better. And, you know, we're starting to do recruiting and we know what to look for. So just word of mouth and, and getting girls out here that have that solid athletic background, whether it was just high school or college athletics, um, you know, if, if they played at a high level in another sport, you know, usually it transfers over well to football and it's just a matter of learning the terminology and, and the schemes and that sort of thing. So it's it's definitely been fun. And that's what keeps me coming back. It's just the level of play just continues to get more aggressive and, you know, more cerebral, I guess. Teams are, are really having to learn defensive schemes, offensive schemes and having to plan for their opponents. Um, there's lots of film watching, which I love. So I think all of that, and of course, obviously, I have to get that championship before I retire. So that's why I'm still here. I would imagine that's quite a, a big driving force. And I want to come on to the, the coaching as well now, because I think that's, I'm sure you will agree, one of the things that, that helps the teams develop. And in particularly in Coach Michelson, you're blessed with one of the, the best coaches in the league. What's he like to play for? Oh, he's awesome. I mean, you've seen him on the clips and how intense he is and, and the passion that he has uh, for the game and just the knowledge that he has. And, you know, that's him. That's not he's not putting on a show for anybody or for the cameras. That's that's how he is at practice when there's no cameras. So it's nothing new to us. It doesn't shock us. You know, we're, we're used to it. And that's what drives us to get better every practice and to push each other because we don't we don't want to let him down. So he works so hard and puts so much into it. You know, we want to we want to win for him. I'm sure, and you can see his passion from, like you mentioned there, the the wow clip from Megan Hansen <laughs> last week against Los Angeles. I'm sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> you, I think I'm sure players appreciate being spoken to like football players, as opposed to being tra- treated like women who play football. Oh, for sure. You know, and we have those high expectations of ourselves as well. You know, like he yelled at her and said, "We've gone over this a thousand times." And we literally probably had, I think we had like 10 hours of practice the previous weekend, specifically planning for that, you know, tight end release on that weak side. And, and we knew it, but you know, those breakdowns happen. And sometimes you have those brain farts in the game because there's so much going on and, you know, it happens, but we, we watch the film and we get better and, and learn from it. And hopefully it doesn't happen the next time. And with coach Michelson as well, he's got a bit of a reputation for having, shall we say an extensive playbook? I hear it's several hundred plays. Is that true? Is the offensive <laughs> playbook that big? I feel like every year it, it increases by a hundred as far as what people think it is. Um, I, I honestly have no idea how many plays there are I mean we have kind of our core set of plays that that work for us um but from that because of the way that he has built the offense he can literally just add you know two or three words to that play and it's a different play technically so I mean I guess if you were to sit there and and add all those little changes he could make to each play there probably is a couple hundred but to us it's no thing we understand the language and his terminology and what each position is is responsible for so i think he can throw anything at us and we just you know we we understand what he's saying we speak the same language now and playing on on offense yourself as i mentioned there over the last few years you've had to adjust to a few different new quarterbacks and this year you have another new quarterback in kk Matheny. what's that adjustment been like and do you think that's quite a substantial upgrade on, on what you had last year oh it's been great yeah i mean kk obviously she's been in the league for six years um 
Angela was young, you know, she'd had a couple seasons under her belt, um, still kind of learning the game and kind of getting comfortable with, with defense and with her, you know, receivers and running backs and all that. And just learning, there's so much at quarterback, you know, that you have to be able to do and you have to be able to think very quickly. And, um, KK just brings that, you know, veteran experience. And she's honestly, she picked up the playbook so fast. I mean, I was shocked and just the questions that she asks are so intelligent and you can tell that she's really delved into it and you know really thought about you know why is this this way how you know why do we do it that way and she she just asks a lot of questions you can tell she really wants to understand you know why each play is the way it is and what makes it work and what could make it better she's always trying to um you know just learn and i love that about her so I'm assuming that's helped. Has it having her understanding of the league, despite the fact that she's new to the team this year, has that made the transition a little bit easier? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think she's pretty familiar, even though she played for the East, you know, as a veteran player, you're always watching what other teams are doing, whether you play them or not, because there's that chance you may play them in a championship. So she's familiar with, you know, what we do up in here in Seattle. She she knows me. She's probably watched film on me. You know, she knows some of our other veteran players. So um, and she's obviously she played with Danica and Stevie down in Australia so there's those connections there um I've played against her in all-star games but never with her so that's a first but like I said she's we're both veterans um so we've been able to adapt really well and uh first game was a little rough just trying to get that chemistry um but it's, it's just been tough with having people you know we have girls in BC we have you know girls coming up from Vegas girls from Kansas people all over the Florida um, so just trying to get everyone together and really get that chemistry and timing uh, was a little difficult. I think that showed the first game, but um, this last game, we managed to get it together. So I'm excited to see where we go from here. And that does bring us actually quite nicely onto the game itself from Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet the timing definitely improved. We saw that on uh, your touchdown reception from her, which was uh, quite a good catch in coverage as well from yourself. Um, how Thank would you, you say that the game went? I think it went well. And there's definitely still some things, you know, that we need to work on. Obviously, they got a lot of passing yards on us. And you can tell that they, you know, watched the film from the first game and they tried to see where our weaknesses were. And and with having a, a rookie, kind of a rookie quarterback stepping in her first game, we kind of knew she was going to have to throw the ball because our defense just didn't allow anything for Carmen or for Salerno to run. Um, so we were expecting the ball to go in the air, but you know, they threw some, a lot of routes at us and it was honestly quite difficult to guard all of them. <laughs> so, um, it went good. I think we made some good adjustments though. I think, um, Bryn and LaShonda and I were all able to kind of get off the blocks a little bit easier. We made some slight adjustments there. So we were able to get open a bit more. Um, so I think we made some good progress but as always there's always things to work on so we'll be hitting film tomorrow night and getting ready for Vegas I'm sure and and for me just from what I noticed from the film myself it was as you mentioned earlier in the first game that tight end release or from the tight end position they did seem to get uh, open quite a lot and it's sort of Michelle Angel's check downs that's where she seemed to be getting a a lot of the yardage in yeah you know it didn't seem like um, they'd line up in that empty set and you know whether it was Carmen or uh, number one or I don't know all their, their names but you know that slot receiver that she almost never looked at her and I think there was probably a few times she was open so I don't know if she was shy to throw that long ball um, or she just wanted to get it to the tight ends because they're big physical girls and you know going up against some small safeties like Lily Granston and myself 
you know, that's a tough, tough girl to bring down. But um, I think we'll uh, get back to the drawing board here and we'll we'll find a way to shut that down. I don't think it helps that you picked her off on about the second drive as well. I think that's probably <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for it. I, I knew she was going to be looking to that girl. Um, you know, obviously we didn't play her the first game. Heard she was going to be back and, you know, saw her at that tight end position. I know they're they're just going to release her and try to hit her. So, you know, I just watched Michelle and watched her eyes and she looked right at her. And so I just went for it and jumped that route and tried to get a couple more of the next, you know, I knew they were going to keep going to it, but it, it was hard to try and guard multiple people. So they got a, a few first downs on us. Uh, but, you know, like I said, we'll try and try and get back and work on that. So thinking of your fellow safety, what's it like playing mm-hmm. with Lily Granson? She's someone I talk about quite often on the podcast because since sort of day one, she seems to be very hard hitting, reads the plays well, and I would say one of the best form tacklers in the league. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, she is not shy to, to make contact. Uh, she loves to hit. You know, she's got a lot of aggression and she's really improved just as far as her, her knowledge and her ability to read uh, what the offense is doing. And our whole defense is set up for her and, and the middle linebacker really to just shut down that middle and they do a great job of it so it's a lot of fun playing next to her I know she's she's going to stop anything that comes up her gap so I'm, I'm super excited playing next to her back there and along with Lily Granson it seems this year you've got so much talent you mentioned you've got Danica Brace that's come back to Seattle we know you've got KK Matheny as well how far do you think this team can go this year? Well just judging from the improvements we made from the first game to the second game just in a matter of a week you know I don't think anything can stop us but ourselves so if we just continue to improve each week you know each game uh, the mistakes that we've made you know which haven't been many um, I think that you know there's no reason we can't go all the way and take it this year I like the confidence there and, and fair play you were my pick at the start of the year as well and think you could go with all the talent you've got you could go all the way to the Legends Cup final where I believe you'll probably play Chicago that's just a, an inkling I have so mm-hmm I sure hope so. <laughs> I'd love to meet them again. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine it's a rivalry you want to to relive. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And finally, please can I ask if you can uh, give us three reasons why people should start to or continue watching the LFL if they're new to the sport? Just it's hard hitting. It's intense. It's entertaining. Gosh, there's so many reasons. I could probably give a hundred. Uh, you know, as ladies, we work hard. Uh, we put in a lot of time time and it's just fun i think people will be shocked and usually are from what i hear when people come out for the first time whether it's friend or coworker or client or whatever they're just you know they all come in with that conception that it's just going to be you know it's going to be aggressive but it's not going to be like full tackle it's just going to be kind of like shoving and they're always blown away by just the aggressiveness and the intensity and the hits and just the fights and all that you know it's it's fun to hear that and you know they usually keep coming back after that so I think if you can just get someone convinced to come give it a chance they'll be hooked for good absolutely I know I was the first second I started watching the YouTube clips <laughs> a couple of years ago so hence why we do what we are today and right. on behalf of our listeners and Marcus I'd like to thank you very much for coming on the show today Jessica it's been an absolute pleasure well thank you I appreciate it 
Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spamheadproductions.weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. Well, that wraps it up from us for another week. All that remains is for me to firstly thank our guest, Jessica Hopkins. Also, I want to thank my amazing co-host, Marcus Henson. Thank you very much, sir. (laughs) No, it's always a pleasure. Love talking NFL with you. Also, Mr. Mark Taylor of Spamhead Productions, who uh, produces the show for us, always does a great job. Don't forget, we're available on Stitcher Radio, iTunes. Of course, our show goes out every week on the LFL 360 website, www.lfl360.com. If you click on the radio button, you'll see our most recent show and all of our shows from the rest of the season. Our more recent shows are also rebroadcast on the Awake Radio Network. Remember... Hey guys, if you want to get a hold of Audrey or Marcus, send them an email at ballhawksnest at gmail.com. Also, check out the LFL YouTube channel, as we mentioned earlier, www.youtube.com forward slash mylfl. And why not take a cheeky peek at our website www.ballhawksnest.com Lots to go through there in the sign-off but until next time football fans, stay safe take care and thanks for stopping by Bye.